So hello everyone and welcome uh, to uh, part two of Fraternising with the Enemy. I'm joined today by um, Irish and Linster, which is the same thing apparently, um, rugby Twitter darling, uh, Jay Long. How are you doing, Jay? Hey Richard, how are you, man? How are you keeping? Um, I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on uh, early in the morning before you've got, got to look after the kids later. Oh, I, I just got off shift, so <laughs> so it's it's all it's all shorts and panic from the waist down at the moment. So, <laughs> brilliant. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I got you on because as as people maybe heard before, I've talked to uh, AP um, uh, about South Africa and and their and their uh, build up to the World Cup. Um, from your perspective, a, a Leinster fan, an Ireland fan, um, before we get into Ireland. What do you think kind of went wrong for Leinster in the in the uh, the, the semi final with Munster? Oh, you do me like that that early. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I suppose really really disappointing. I guess it's hard to get around that kind of feeling. Um, I think I think we probably maybe it's a, a, partially the fans' fault as well. But uh, I think Leinster build themselves up a bit too much. Maybe uh, I think they probably need to start focusing on the league a bit more. Um, just start, just start winning games, winning those knock kind of knockout games, and it becomes a habit. You know, I think probably not enough is said about that win, that loss versus Munster the week before. Kind of just starts putting the doubt in the mind. You know, suddenly your close to perfect season is now oh shit. If we lose next week, we've got nothing. You know, it, it's it, it suddenly starts building itself up. Like, and I mean, you know, all all respect to La Rochelle, they were fantastic. Like, but um. It's hard to see how a team capable of that first twenty minutes in the final could could collapse so completely in the second half without it being somewhat self inflicted. Um, so it's it's definitely something that we need to look at ourselves, I guess. Um, like a, a, like the second half was a shambles. I, I can't even get through it again. <laughs> I just give up. I just give up every time. Uh, but like it, yeah. How where it went wrong is really, really tough. I mean, I suppose that would be I'd be on the big books if I could answer that well. I mean, I think we definitely have the personnel. I think we definitely have the the coaching ticket now. I mean, Jack Nabber on the way in, and and Andy Goodman and stuff. I, I think it's it's really promising. Um, but yeah, it seems to be just we can't put the rubber on the road there towards that kind of killer end of the season, which is which is strange because I think as you as you as you said, um, it's not it's not an unfair dig that it's essentially the Ireland squad to, for the main part. Uh, I think it's uh, technically over fifty percent or maybe seventy percent of the squad or something, but um. Yeah, like they do seem to have that killer edge. Uh, they do seem to be able to kind of win the tough games, you know. Um, if if I can throw a, a, a respondent dig back, I mean, if you look at that Scotland Six Nations game, like there was the first half an hour, you know, the lads were dropping like flies, and they still kind of found a way. You had you know Josh thrown into the line out. You had that sort of adaptability and kind of really really strong, resilient, steely mindset. Doesn't seem to be there with, with Leinster when it really counts, um, which is which is kind of worrying in itself. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to next season to see how the new coaching ticket might might switch things up. I mean, sometimes you don't really need to go better. Sometimes you just need different. Just you know, do, just just change something just to get get out of that kind of that that, that where we war, which is two years of of good punches. <laughs> uh, Roman O'Gara inflicted good punches. So um, um, yeah, we'll see. Here's hoping. Does it sting a little bit more because it is Ronan O'Gara, of course, who played for one of the other provinces? Which uh, one? Um, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> which, which province was that? Uh, no, it, not really. I never really, I never really buy into the whole like province thing too seriously. It's always kind of just having a bit of crack, you know. Um, and in some ways, it's great that we have a uh, uh, former Irish player, former kind of prolific Irish player. Out there, kind of tripping the life, fantastic in Europe, you know, and it's really promising um, that that we do have that sort of talent, not only not only on the pitch but off. Um, so it's it's something to be proud of, really. Um, on the day, yes, <laughs> you know the, the the texts start coming in from the monster lads and work and stuff like that, you know. But um, no, it's all good natured and fair fair play to him. He's doing an incredible job. Like it's it's uh, the record from La Rochelle pre Raj to after Raj is. It's it's shocking she is right. It's a really really strong rise. So fair play to him, more power to him. Yeah, I'm 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 glad he's he's a successful coach because um it means he no longer does punditry, um which <laughs> as a Scottish fan um was was uh, was never too complimentary. So uh, 
And so talking about the, uh, the the province system in in Ireland, the way the way things work, you've got obviously your Leinster, your Munster, Connacht, and, and Ulster. Do you think that that the way that's set up and the way that the IRFU buy into that, that gives an advantage to the Ireland men's team at the end of the day? I think it's I think it's definitely a handy stepping stone in terms of of fan buy in, um, as opposed to kind of coming up with. Like Wales is a typical example, right? Where they just drop lines and say, now you're part of, you know, Scarlets or something. We were already those provinces to begin with for thousands of years. So there was already, and, and we also, like rugby isn't even anywhere close to the biggest sport here. We have Gaelic games and Horland and stuff. So there's already interprovincial sort of a, a bit of argy-bargy already. So rugby in Ireland probably has a bit of a head up there than, than simply because, oh, we need four teams. We have four provinces. It makes sense. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I do. I do think it helps. Um, I think that's probably, um, maybe diluting slightly with just players moving in their provinces, which is absolutely. I think it's probably a good thing to be honest. Um, for a long time, um, it didn't seem to be happening as much as it should. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a short career for the guys. They should. They should absolutely just go go do what they what they can. You know, I mean, look at uh, Nick. Nick Carty for us going back to Connacht, going to Munster, going back to us. Joey Carberry, I think has been unlucky, um, obviously injury wise, but for for the season kind of that that he was really blazing for Munster, he was he was close to unplayable. So I think yeah, it it does help, but I mean I think it's it's, it's there's probably more made about it from a fan point of view in a negative sense than positive fans really care about it. I think um, because I, I I love all the provinces, you know. Uh, like I, I'm happy to see them all do well. Um, I just want to see one do better <laughs> than, than the rest. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, I think it does. It's a good question. It's a really good question. I haven't really thought about it overly, but I suppose on, on top of other countries, yeah, it probably is a bit of a bit leg up in terms of uh, kind of kind of the natural rivalry of things and and just kind of fan loyalty, fan buy in probably does help a lot. Yeah. And, and Ireland, obviously, very successful at the moment. Um, Six Nations champions. I think they're number one in the world. May have go on, go on. <laughs> in the world. Um, Andy Farrell at the helm. And an interesting point was made on Twitter the other day. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with it myself. That was sort of suggesting that Andy Farrell's coaching isn't as good as everybody thinks it is. It's just he's, he's lucky there's all this continuity coming from, from Linster and the like into the Ireland team. Would you agree with that? I, I don't know if I do, but I just I just thought it was an interesting point. No, I, I don't I don't think I would. Um, simply because the, the Leinster dominated Ireland squad was, was pre Andy, right? Um he, he certainly benefited from a lot of continuity from Joe's tenure. Um but I think he, he seems to be a really, really good coach. Maybe I I'm I'm probably not good enough and none of us are really close enough to know the, the nitty gritty minutia of how he is in, in the room and stuff. But I mean, I think it's clear to see the atmosphere around camp is is totally different under him. I mean, it, one of the things that I often kind of annoyed me about Ireland camp really pre-Andy was it was nearly like a funeral the whole time. Um, you, you know, this, all the, all the, there, was, there was no crack, uh, which I know isn't all singing, all dancing, but I, I'm a big fan of a healthy mindset and he seems to be he seems to have brought that in a hell of a lot more. The guys seem to really feel more comfortable around them. Um, and maybe that's no, no, uh, that's not a diss at Joe. Like I'm, uh, I'm not saying he's a tyrant or anything like that, but obviously Andy has brought a bit more out. And I think actually AP uh, on your pod kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, they're, they're, we have a we have a really really host good host of fantastic players. Arguably, in some cases, the best in their position in the world. I mean, if you take Hugo Keenan, there's there's a, there's a discussion through there. But they probably are more than the sum of their parts on the pitch. I mean, I mean, you can't look at Leinster and and make the and make the joke and say, "Oh, look, it's mainly the Ireland squad," and see Leinster not delivering, and on the other hand, see Ireland delivering on the biggest stage. Well, not the biggest stage, but close to the biggest stage. Um, and the difference there is well, one of the differences is Andy. So I think some some credit has to go there. Um, but I mean, we see this all with Leo Cullen as well. I mean, people don't see what's going on behind closed doors, so they assume. He couldn't possibly be doing something good. Um, I would be of the opinion: just look at the results. You know, look at the look at look at what he's done. Um, and it's Ireland are are gone from strength to strength so far. Um, probably set myself up for a horrible 
uh, soundbite of a <laughs> of a of a of a thing now coming up to what we're coming up to. But yeah, I, I have I've I'm quietly nervously confident <laughs> that that I think we're gonna do something good. Good, good. Um and 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 I guess before we get into sort of players and, and where we see the games going and things, what would you think would represent success for Ireland in the in the um the World Cup? I mean in in the World Cup famously Ireland haven't got past the quarter final stage yet. Um and that's I'm not I'm not doing that to take the mechanism. <laughs> that's fine, it's fine, it's, it's, fine. it's, it's, it's a fact. It's, it's a fact. Yeah. What is is the semi final enough with this squad, or is this is this kind of a kind of golden patch where they really need to really need to kick on and get to maybe the final to for it to be a success? If I've been thinking about this because I knew this one was coming, uh, but like it's a tough one, right? Because if it was the previous World Cup and the pools were different, um, the way things would lay were different. I would say this squad should be looking for better than a semi. Um, but the pools are just so savage. They're just so it's like that quarter is going to be so tough if we get there. The semi's going to be so tough. You know, it's it's three or four massive 50-50 games back to back. Um, where teams that that you know you're lucky to beat on any day, and then the next week you have to beat another team that you have to be really lucky to beat. You know, so it's it's a really really grueling sort of sort of path. But I'd love to see them. Get to the semi. Obviously, I'd love to see them win the thing. But if if get to get that that monkey off our back of a quarter, beating it, winning a quarter, I personally would be quite happy. Now, obviously, when we lose the semi, I'll just I'll go live on a desert island for a week or something. I'll just I'll just die on the inside partially. But uh, I think the guys would. I think secretly to be the most successful Irish World Cup team wouldn't mean nothing to the guys. I think I think that'll be something to take home. Obviously, they'll be. It'll hurt if if we don't get there, but you have to look at the quality of opposition too. Um, and if you look at some of the games where we won, and he, and, and the argument is going to be made: Oh, you beat all these guys in yeah, like an autumn friendlies. You know, it's 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 a different stage. Most of those games, were, except for the New Zealand game, we're at home. But if we beat the box at home, we beat France at home. We're gonna we could potentially have France away in their host World Cup. It's a totally different question. So, um. Like we, I mean, if you look at the under twenties in the analog, um, we beat the under twenties France squad in in the Six Nations quite closely. So, and then you look at what happened in the final, the under twenties. Then it was it was it was night and day. So the same group of players can can do different things in different geos, right? So, um, yeah, I personally be happy with a semi. Whether the guys would, I'm I'm not sure. Um, but if if we went out honourably at the semi against a team that were really really firing, I don't think anybody could really be too disappointed. Um, beyond usual fan bohort, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll pick one player that is at fault, and you know, and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's yeah, madness. Like, yeah. like if Johnny had kicked, if Johnny had kicked those three, the All Blacks wouldn't have scored those other thirty points. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of Johnny Sexton, we might as well. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. And um, obviously, we we now know the outcome of the Johnny Sexton inquiry, and you know. Uh, Trial by social media and all yeah. Um I think the ban is what it is. I didn't expect him to get banned into the World Cup. What do you make of of Johnny's role as captain now, though? Um, I, I don't think there's any point getting into the ban. We could be here forever a day talking about whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, but, like I think, I think, I, like, I mean, if I want to touch on it lightly, I think, I, I think he's a very lucky boy. I think there's no, there's no denying that. Um, I suppose the more the more worrying side of it is that the the precedent has been set, right? Um, the, like the people are going to quote the Johnny Sexton fiasco now to justify a three week ban when 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 both probably shouldn't have been. Look, and and it wasn't really a three week ban, right? It, it six week ban and mitigation. We can get into the argy bargy and stuff, but ultimately he's going to be there for the World Cup, um, and an awful lot of people probably think that he shouldn't have been at least fully there for the World Cup. Um, but it is what it is. They seem to have gone through the decision process, like reading the report. It looks like they did. It was due diligence by all accounts. Um, and I suppose the stuff that the social media were passing around as fact wasn't wasn't overly fact, which is which is a shock, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but um, yeah, look, it is what it is. And in terms of the captaincy, it is a worry, right? Because he's going to have a bit of a he has a target on his back from a ref point of view now. Um, but I'm not overly worried about that. I, like, I mean. I think people who say, "Oh, he's a he's 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 going to be a target for the refs now," 
is an equal disservice to the refs. I mean, they're going to be professionals at the end of the day um, and they're going to do their job. But he certainly needs to kind of keep his bid clean if he's going to... I'm, I'm expecting him to keep the captaincy. Um, I can't see him taking it at this stage. I, I think we have natural other leaders there who could step in if Andy wants to do that. I, I wouldn't be overly sad to see a James Ryan or a Gary Ringrose or 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 or, or Pete O'Matney or something like that step in. Uh, there's, there's plenty of guys who, who've captained Ireland before, captained their province. Uh, Gary was mainly the Irish cap- the Leinster captain for, for a large swath of this season anyway. Um, so yeah, but I, I don't expect him to change. I'd say it's going to be Johnny, but he's certainly going to have to be less Johnny <laughs> for, for, for large periods of time. Um, but look, um, it's a tough one because he is obviously I have a massive amount of time for Johnny sitting in the RDS he's given me some great days so it's tough to say yeah he should definitely be stripped of the armband he's a disgrace I don't think that's the case at all I think he just you got a bit carried away in the day and look at by all accounts he tried to apologise almost immediately now whether is that enough that's arguable right? I don't want to get back into that but I mean um, I think he can he can learn from his he can take his licks and then learn and hopefully grow a bit and, and, and rep us better at the World Cup yeah yeah um, I mean, I, I think you're right. It does a disservice to the refs. In fact, the one person that seems to have been uh, the least affected by all this is the man that was a target, Jaco Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't play it down and <laughs> it was all a laugh. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. I don't think the refs are necessarily going to um, be quick to penalise him for silly things. Obviously, if he's in the ref's face, I mean... Yeah. In much the same way as Rich, Jamie Ritchie got a 10-metre penalty for sort of chatting back to Luke Pierce. That's what happens in rugby. That should happen anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's that side of, that, um, side of things there. Um, yeah, John, Johnny Sexton, obviously, it, from my perspective, Johnny Sexton is very important to the Ireland team because I only ever remember Scotland winning against Ireland when Johnny Sexton wasn't there. Um, and that's because he's never lost to Scotland, uh, as far as I understand it. How how important is he as a as a as a Jenga piece for for Ireland? Ma- massively, massively important. Like, a, and it's like no no disrespect to the guys in behind, like the Jack Crowleys and 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 the, and the Ross Bournes and stuff, uh, and the Joeys of of lore. Um, but it's it's more how good Johnny is rather than how particularly bad anyone else is. He just drives the standard so well, um, and it's he doesn't always. He doesn't have perfect games by any stretch, but he has really, really big moments. You know, he has when just when he needs us. It seems to be Johnny making a big hit, Johnny making a strip. You know, his famous Johnny choke tackle out of nowhere that sometimes you don't want to happen, but he does go for it anyway. Um, he just and the guys kind of I think turn around and look at that and and one is his profile, two his age, and 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 three you know he doesn't have to do some of the stuff he does in the position that he is. But they see him go for it anyway, and I think it's hard for young lads to look at that and say, oh, you know, and not say, "Shit, I'm gonna have to really dig in here and let's go." Um, instead of going quietly off into the night, which I think may have happened in in say the Champions Cup final, um, I think Johnny would have started ripping people apart five ten minutes into that second half, and things may have been different. Um, but yeah, he's he's massively important. Not only technically, he has a great read of the game, but his tactical kicking is really really good. Um, but he's just the right level of bastard for us, right? He he just doesn't he doesn't die. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to lose in any way, shape, or form, which is in one side probably previous to the conversation part of the problem of what we've just went through. But on another side, when it's on the pitch, it's absolutely vital. Um, he just like and he just if you just look at him, he's just angry all the time. He's kind of, you know just he's just some sort of tactical Hulk that just get, that just gets better and better. And a lot of people say, oh, he's getting angry now. But you kind of want a little angry, Johnny, you know, you just just, just a small bit. And you want him simmering. And like, if you look at what he's done, like the way he moves lads around the pitch, the way he moves up opposition around the pitch, um, I think we're seriously going to miss him when he's gone. Um, and just hope that the, the, the guys see that and see it as a start to kind of guide to rather than someone to just simply supplant. And um, be good to keep maybe keep him around camp and... and the guys to learn from because I think that's an awful lot of IP if he just goes off into the wind um, after he's finished to lose you know um, yeah we'll see he's massively massively important and obviously I'm going to have to have a little cry when he's gone <laughs> it's a double whammy for me you know uh, for, 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 for Leinster and Ireland so 
Uh, it's going to be a big change. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've you've you're a Leinster man and an Ireland man. From from my perspective, and I don't know if you get this analogy, but I once compared Johnny Sexton to uh, Tom Brady, and the fact that if he's on your team, you love him, but as a fan, an outside fan, you have to respect how good he is, but you kind of hate him because he's got this kind of yeah. attitude and swagger about him. Can can you see that if you weren't a Leinster fan, you see why people don't like him? Oh, absolutely. Like I mean. <laughs> like I, I only have to look at say Owen Farrell for years to to get the same the same thing. And for other accounts, it seems that's fairly unfair. He seems to be a nice, he's a really nice bloke. Uh, but uh, yeah, I get I totally get that. I mean, I've, there's 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 points where, where I've I've looked at again, say Owen Farrell, or, or I'm trying to think of some other good examples. Um, Greg Laidlaw, just just to, to give you a small slap in the face. You know, you, you always knew how good he was, but he was always that again that admirable level of bastards you know that you just wanted um <laughs> you know, it's, you, that's what you want right i mean you're not that you're not there to be a friend either you know um it's not all lovey-dovey like but uh yeah i can absolutely see why people don't like sex <laughs> absolutely um cool cool and um, so let's look at the, the ireland forward pack um i think again for, uh, put my scotland fan hat on that's always they've always kind of bullied us um and um I think the front row are always excellent. What do you think the key the key for Ireland's success in this World Cup is? Do you think it comes from the forwards or, or the front row and the set piece, or is it more open play? What what would you say that the key, particularly with the Springboks, who I presume most Irish fans are pretty confident about beating Scotland, but what about what about the Springboks game? How do you see that going as well? Yeah, it's just like everything else. You kind of need both, right? I mean, we definitely need to get. Over the last couple of years, I suppose, where we really fell down is where we just got bullied. Like, I mean, there was a couple of England games where I was in the front row. And you just see the lads just taking backward steps, or, you, you know, um, or Saracens, I should say, Saracens games. Um, but uh, same thing again, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I think it would be absolutely vital to get parity anyway, for sure, uh, at scrum time set piece. But I suppose the way the game was going, and I, I know it's a bit memeable and he gets a bad rep, uh, but the likes of Andrew Porter... Um, he's on the team for a reason. He does seem to give some scrum penalties. I think that's probably over overestimated. In the, looking at the actual stats, it was probably slightly overestimated, but uh, um, percentage wise. But what he offers around the park seems to be more important to Andy. Um, like it's kind of undoubt, un, you know, undeniable. The guy seems to score a try again at some stage. He will, he will bury over. So I think parity is probably in today's game probably slightly more important than absolute scrum dominance. I mean, I think if we if we were able to meet the All Blacks up front, not the All Blacks, the Springboks, I should say, Springboks up front, um, not get bullied, and we could probably beat them out wide in certain cases. I think that's what really what we saw in the Aviva a couple of well, more than a couple of months ago. Aviva and the Alf, in the autumn, we kind of we 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 cracked them open. Um, out wide a couple of times um, they did the same to us uh, but I suppose take into account what we saw this weekend um, getting parity and then putting some really good bombs up might be a good option as well um, and we have we have some good chasers I mean if you send some bombs up and send Hugo Keenan after them put them under pressure um, yeah it'd be really interesting but I suppose it's vital to have both really um, because the box I think again it's overestimated how much they're they're just this big team. But I mean, if you look at like 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 Colby, Courtly Aronsa, and, and if you just assume that these guys are just gonna bully up front and you get the ball to those guys, it's game over. <laughs> He's just gonna like 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 the guys will just get past you in a phone box, right? So it's not like they don't have absolutely electric backs um as as well. So it needs to be a good mix between both. Um and I think we probably do have a good mix of both. I suppose it's the depth. Um, that is the big question about Ireland, and probably still is to a certain extent. I think we're, I think we're in a better place. I mean, if you if you look at the Six Nations, um, everyone was kind of in panic stations because kind of Finley Beelan needed to start over Tyg Furlong, but he did, he did a fantastic job. Right, he was he started against France, he did great, and then he had Killer coming on. So there is depth there. Um, I think it's really really important we keep, and, and I suppose one of the worries we have at the moment is is Dermot Barron, the Munster hooker, has gone into camp. Um, so there's a little question over who is the injury concern. So if that's an injury concern over Dan Sheehan or Ronan Kelleher, um, that would be a big concern. I think Dan Sheehan's a key player for us. Um, it's, it's fairly obvious he's probably one of the best hookers in the world at the moment. 
uh, nearly every aspect of the game. Um, so keeping the keeping the key guys fit and getting parity, I think, is probably what's going to be key for us to 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 make a good show. Um, and I wouldn't be overly confident against Scotland <laughs> against Scotland. And I think it's a strange one because you, I think you guys have have the box right up, right? First first match the box. Yeah, yeah. That, like yeah, that matches against Ireland. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to that one. <laughs> I'm going to that one. Uh, but uh, I think we have a bit of a gentler run, and I think we have can't remember now. Is it? Romania first, or I think it's Romania first. So we have we have Romania, Tonga, and then we're into the box. So I think that's 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 probably going to make up for the fact that I think you guys have a bit of a better pre World Cup set of games. You just have Italy next week, France twice, and then Georgia, right? Yeah, I, I seem to think that we have a another game, but maybe I've made that up. I think there's a rest week or something weird in the middle of it all because there's yeah. weeks of games. But um, yeah, we've we've got quite a few games, and of course. We don't have our, our talisman uh, missing from any of those games as well, which means that we can run everybody out. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's box first is tough. Um, I'm kind of slightly happy that you know people are are kind of uh, unhappy that we'll be have such big games stacked up because um, we have the box a week off and then you guys and then we'll be potentially hopefully straight into a quarter final. Um, but I think that the two kind of um, it's disrespectful to say easier matches, but certainly um, the lower, you know, lower ranked teams, <laughs> put it that way, up front, I think is a nice way to get eased into it, get, let, let the guys hit their straps a little um, and, and and rotate and keep those big guys fit for box. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Um, the worries I have, really, if I was to if to pick any, and, it, and, and, and it's strange, is that there's only one Hugo Keenan. Um, I think I think that's a small worry there. I think we're probably a little too reliant on him. Um, in that we have plenty of guys who can do a job, you know, do a job at, at, at fullback. But at that stage, I don't know if do a job is is, is good enough. Um, Hugo Keenan goes down. You're going to have maybe Jimmy O'Brien slotting back, and he, by all accounts, he's a fantastic player. Um, but he's a fantastic player at finishing out twenty minutes, thirty minutes when Hugo goes down. Starting against the box, starting against the All Blacks or something like that is a totally different story, you know. Um, so that is one area of worry. Um, and obviously, as I said, um, the extra people called in. So Andrew Conway, who probably needs no introduction, has been called into camp. And Dermot Barron from Munster. So we're kind of waiting slightly anxiously to see which hooker has taken a knock in training. Um, a knock to Dan Sheehan, Ronan Keller, or, or or any of the guys, really, Tom Stewart or, and stuff, it would be pretty impactful for for what was our assumed glory final death chart that that we were so happy to see and it's already starting to crumble so yeah yeah well we all know that you could just put Kian Healy in there right and there yeah anywhere <laughs> good job get Josh player thrown in um I think he lost one line out uh <laughs> yeah he was good he was good <laughs> um, I, I I do think Looking back on that Scotland-Ireland game, though, um, it was a missed opportunity for Scotland in that when Josh van der Fleer started throwing in, Scotland should have been chucking up a front pod. Every what was, well, what was going and on? They were trying to the front. <laughs> I just, that was amazing. I, I was just like, the lads are Do they think he's going to the tail? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just chucking a pod up. You know, you've got Richie Gray, who arguably... At the moment, and I know a lot of people sort of dissed me for my Lions squad that had Richie Gray starting in it. Your, your personal Lions squad that you apparently got wrong. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, Richie Gray, uh, this, this, since he's come back into the Scotland setup, has been excellent yeah. uh, and been very good at the line out and making steals and stuff. Why is he not going up at the front against Josh van der Fleer? Um, arguably, the only thing I would question that Josh van der Fleer might not be a hundred percent good at. So yeah, you know, yeah. um so uh, it was I think it was like three or four lines so it wasn't it wasn't just one right it was a couple yeah, it was a couple. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. There was a lot of things in that game. There was one where um for some inexplicable reason uh Duham tried to step um uh Hugo when he was a couple of meters from the line and as good as Hugo Keenan is I think if he had ran straight at him because he was coming across, he would have probably went over him and slid oh, into the yeah. line. And yeah, I was right behind the goal. He got smashed, smashed him at the touch, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's, he brought him down and then and then I think 
James Lowe or something got a jackal. So it was, ah, yes, you know, yes. it was just it was just a series of things that were just went terribly wrong for Scotland in that game and uh, went very well for Ireland. But you you make your own luck and and that's what the Irish squad are very good at doing. Well, that's what I'm saying they didn't they didn't blink. It would have been very easy for them to just go into into autopilot there and 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 lose right. But they not they they. They kept on, and as I said, that's the kind of mindset thing that I think Andy has kind of. That's the main thing he's given us is is just that sort of book. This we're, we're we're giving it a go either way, you know. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that stands for us. So you've got um obviously we you've talked about the the uh, the main games. Everyone sort of I suppose we're all kind of we all talk about Tonga being this easier game, but right now obviously. Uh, no. Uh, that's worrying. It's worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether whether they're basically sort of repackaged Australia squad um, slash All Black squad uh, mm. look like they could do some damage as well. But who, who scares you the most on the on the on the Springboks team um, in terms of you know what which player if you could nick a Springbok and put them in the Ireland team who would you who would you take? Oh, the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> well, they throw the cat on the pitch and say Jean Klein. No, uh, uh, no, uh, it's just too good to it's too good to not say, right? Um, no, Jesus, there's so many, right? I mean, you're looking at. I love, I love Peter Steph. I don't think anybody. I think people would be mad not to say Peter Steph, right? But I mean, uh, let's say. I mean, I suppose if if what I just said. I would take Villy Larue, right? I mean, sit 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 on the bench with Hugo and and swap swap and change, right? Um, that would be one, I guess. But Jesus, there's so like there's literally so many. Malcolm Marks is totally he's absolute gold dust, right? Uh, see it himself. Hopefully he gets fit. We want to see see it. Have to pick one. That's tough. See, I suppose what's tough there is that you you kind of just like you, you feel like you're cheating on the island guy then, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like well, well if I say if I said see you or something like that I was like well what did Brian Barry do to me um no I, I don't know Jesus that's tough who would I steal one name I'd go Snyman I'd probably go Snyman I think uh I, I think there's there's nothing wrong with someone who's just that absolute just this monster just last 20 half an, half an hour of a game imagine him coming on and just running at you it's just terrifying I think I'd go Snyman I think I'd go Snyman Cool, cool. And um, in terms of in terms of the Ireland squad, um, you know what what's your sort of if you, if you you thought about what your starting fifteen would be? I mean, a lot of it picks itself. I presume yeah. the front row would be Porter Sheehan, and assuming everyone's fit <laughs> and Furlong. Yeah. Um, I I'm a uh, Kean Healy apologist, so I would actually start Kean Healy over Porter. Um, but. Um, I, 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 no hustle about <laughs> two less than a prop, so I, I prefer Kean Healy because. More pure scrummager, I guess, opposed to some of the penalties Porter's wins should be penalties against him, in my opinion. Um, but uh, not just yours, not just yours, parents. <laughs> um, second, second row. There's always been obviously tag points and floats between the second row and the back row. Would you would you have him and and Ryan as your second row or? Yeah, it's tough because I think it's horses for courses. I think saying say like Henderson probably offers a bit more bulk. Um, which may help against some of the bigger squads, but I think it's so hard not to have Tigborn in your team. Um, somewhere he's just he's an absolute freak, right? I mean, if you like towards the end of that New Zealand tour, there's like ten minutes where Tigborn just said no and just made about seventeen turnovers or something. It was it was hard to believe. Like it's so hard to 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 pick that and say oh you need bulk and then you suddenly realise Tigborn isn't on the pitch. And you have to kind of t- rethink your entire life, you know. Um, I think I'd probably go Ryan and Byrne with with. Uh, and then the back row probably Doris, O'Mahony, and 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 Van der Flair. I think it'd probably uh, that'd probably be my my choice. And you just live with it. I think you just have to live with it. Just hope we get, hope we get the shove on. Hope we get parity. And what the lads offer every, everywhere else is just, I mean, like again, you, you make all these choices and people say Ryan Barrett, and you suddenly realise you're down Peter O'Mahony, which for folks who who look at off ball stuff, like Pete's just a dog. He just doesn't keep going. He's hitting rooks all the time. He's, his work rate's through the roof. His leadership is fantastic. You know, it's yeah. I think I'd go burn in the second row with Ryan, um, and 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 to hell to pay on Twitter in the next 45, 40, 48 hours after I said it. But uh, yeah, burn yeah. in the second row with Ryan. Do you think there's ever scope for Conan and Doris in the same back row with you know Doris moving over to six or? 
Yeah, I, I liked that for I liked that for Leinster. That's what we kind of did for the last three rounds of of um of Champions Cup, right? We had we had we had Doris at six with with uh with Conan at eight. I think it worked it worked well. Um again, it's very, very hard to leave Conan off a team. Um especially this season. He's really uh, I know reading some some articles, he was kind of getting over some form of injury or sickness that was leaving him quite fatigued all the time. Um, which kind of explains some, I wouldn't say laps in form, but certainly not as explosive high-end self that we've seen for his first couple of seasons. But um, yeah, Jesus, yeah, that was a nice setup. Um, I just, I just think that balance of 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 with Van der Flair and Pete is just is is very very good. Um, but I, I wouldn't be sad to see Conan start a either. You know, I just think it's what's working for us. Like that's what what. You know, it's what kind of beat the All Blacks, what beat France. And you kind of just have to take that on the chin. It's very, very hard to, to break a winning a winning setup, right? So Yeah, yeah. And then it's scrum half, I would I would argue possibly Ireland's maybe weakest position. Um uh, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I think Gibson Park's very good. I think Murray's obviously a legend and and has has done great things, but um when you get beyond that, I think you've got Doak. Um I forget the other the little guy. Casey. Sorry? Casey. Casey. Uh, yeah. Um what I mean, I take it Gibson Park sort of the nailed on starter, but how do you view Ireland's depth at Scrum Half? Yeah, that's a real tough one. Um I think and I think my answer probably would have been different had you asked me this time last year. I, I probably would have nearly put the likes of likes of Casey probably above Murray, simply because I, I think um if you're if you're gonna offer something roughly equivalent, you might as well develop the new guy. Um, but I think this season, this year in particular, I think Murray's shown that he's more than capable. Um, he's he's a very very solid pair of hands. Is and he seems to be he seems to just keep going again. Um, he's I wouldn't say back to his top form because I think that's impossible. I mean, the age just just changes people, right? <laughs> I, I can tell you for sure that that's what happens. But uh. He seems to be playing great rugby again. Um, and as I said, he, he couldn't get a more seasoned pair of hands, right? I mean, in some cases, you don't need ridiculous top-end sexy stuff. You just need a cool head knowing how to finish out a game. And I think that's what his capacity is going to be. So I think you're going to have uh, Jambo starting, Jameson Gibson Park starting um, with with Murray on the bench for those, those kind of serious tooth-and-nail games. Uh, with with Casey uh, more, than, more than more than capable of starting um, games where we think that we won't be under as much pressure, um, but I would agree it's probably not. It, it's probably the most unset one of the most unsettled positions in my head uh, in terms of in terms of certainly who's on the bench and I think that's probably what your question's hinting at. I think it's obvious that that Jembo is the the main guy in, um, but but who comes after that in the big games is the is the question I think. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't back, I wouldn't not back Casey to do a job either. Um, sometimes you need that kind of absolute dog of a of full of energy scrum half, which he which he adds, and I think that you can mix things up. You can you can catch people offside, um, not offside, off guard, uh, potentially offside as well, I guess. <laughs> but um, uh, you catch people off guard, but it's kind of change of pace. He plays a different game than than anyone in Ireland, I think. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think definitely Jemba to start and probably Murray on the bench for the big games. And I've got to ask, as a, as a Scotland fan, we've obviously had all this. Um, do you think Scotland have done the right thing not calling John Cooney into the squad? Because I, I think if he's if he's that low down the Irish pecking order, I think Scotland have got slightly better scrum halves. Um, it might be the one area where we kind of you could argue if it was a full 15, that arguably Ben White would be ahead of maybe the, the Irish scrum halves. Do you, think, do you think we've done the right thing saying... No, we're not going to bring in a thirty odd year old scum half for, as a mercenary for a World Cup, and we're going to stick with what we've got. Well, it's hard to know. I suppose Wright has different answers there, right? I mean, if you're looking for future development, then yeah, absolutely right to pick the guy who you're going to have for the next potentially ten years, right? And um, you are right. Uh, White is fantastic. He's a great talent. Um, but I've seen John Cooney do some some pretty incredible stuff. Um, I think something like that would add value more than what he gives you on the pitch. I think the, the guys could have learned an awful lot from him. Um, and he has a kicking game, right? I mean, he, he can slap points from, from anywhere. Uh, so that's a tough one, right? It's really, really hard to say 
was right or wrong in that scenario. I feel personally sorry for him. I think he's he's played more than well enough to be in green for a long, long time. That's one of the most unexplicable ones. I suppose him and Jack Carty um, are the guys who probably over the last, say, five, ten years have probably asked themselves, like, Jesus, what more could I have done here to, to, to have gotten in? Like, there was one season which I think John Cooney got European Player of the Year or, or was at least, was it? I'm not sure, but he was he was unbelievable, he was unstoppable. Like he was literally unplayable. So I was I like was nearly forced down the team sheet at nine for me, and then Six Nations signed coming around got absolutely no love again. Um, so it's it's crazy. It, it's, it's, I suppose that's the one of the crueler parts about the game. Sometimes you just don't work or whatever, or the coaches don't think you'll work regardless of what would have happened in reality had you got the shout. So, um, oh, I would have loved to see him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for 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 Ben. Uh, make it making his way over to you. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, it would have been it would have been lovely, a nice story for John personally to to because I like John from his his, his Leinster days and his, his Connacht days as well. So I've been looking at him for a long time, doing really really well for everybody, um, and just being a really really genuine guy. Seems to be a really nice person. So you just want to see nice people do well. It would have been a nice little story from towards the end of his career to get that to get that show. But um, if it works for Scotland, that's what you guys have to do. So yeah. Yeah, and then you mentioned Ben. Um, well, I'm going on at ten. Sexton's your nailed on starter if he's if he's fit and available. Um, b- behind him, there's a lot of shouts for Jack Crowley. Uh, now, uh, I think Ross Byrne has been having that mantle. Obviously, I don't think Billy Burns is in the squad anymore, probably for good reason. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a bit <laughs> not a bit shady. Um, who, who do you have on the bench for ten? Because I, I don't suppose there's much debate about Johnny Sexton starting at, at ten in this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those two. I think the other the other person in the squad for for fly half is Crowley, um, which I, I just don't think he spent enough time at ten to justify uh, a shout out on on that level of stage. You know, if it was Leinster. Uh, and it was a just a random kind of mid league game where you had a fantastic pack and and he'll have a bit of an armchair ride to a certain extent. Yeah, show for all into ten, that's fine. And if they did that for a couple of years and he he was well seasoned in the position, I would say why not try him on the bench for a game. But I think it's really between Crowley and Byrne. Um, I suppose there's it's a it's really really tight between them at the moment. I suppose you you would say that Byrne has been exposed to probably. A higher standard of of opposition in terms of he's been there and thereabouts Champions Cup finals and stuff for a long time, but arguably you would say that he hasn't won any of them. Um, so so that's that you can't get around that. And if you look at Jack Crowley, um, the balls the size of small planets to to do it to drop goal in the Aviva in front of a pretty rowdy set of Leinster fans. Like there's something to be said for that. He's had a fantastic season. He's shown that he's he has a, a nice steely nerve. I like the look of him. I think he's a lovely player. Um, so it's really what Andy values more. Um, I think Ross probably has the better boot in terms of conversions and penos. But other than that, I I think Jack probably is a better man on the ball. So um, I'd be happy to see either of them. But I have a feeling that it almost should probably be Jack at this point. Oh, cool. Um, you mentioned Ben Healy um, there. I actually I remember watching him in a random, well, wouldn't it have been URC then? It was pro, whatever it was, <laughs> um, playing playing against, I think it was Edinburgh, it might have been Glasgow. Um, and they met, the commentators mentioned that his granny was for Scotland or something like that. And I was like, we need to get him in now because uh, I know we're trying the Blair Kinghorn project in Scotland, but, you know, um, Behind Finn Russell, there's not a lot there for Scotland, and that's definitely Scotland's weakest position. I think Ben Ben Healy brings a real tool to that, that he's got the ability to attack, but he's also got a great boot and a great tactical game that he's picked up from Munster. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased we got Ben Healy, actually. Um, that's what, exactly what I... Uh, Exactly what I wanted two, three years ago. So uh, yeah, I'm quite pleased. Yeah, I think I think that's a smart little opposition because I I actually really like Ben and I actually remember really bizarrely. Um, I must I must go find it so I can insult insult whoever I was talking to about it. But there's a there's a conversation on Twitter where I was defending Ben to Munster fans at some stage. It was like I like Ben. And they were just like, oh no, oh no, no. I was, 
All right, fair enough. That but after they missed the kick and there was that cool penalty shootout they had with Toulouse by any chance, because I remember. No, it was, it was before that. I felt really bad for that. That was such a shit way to end the end the game, right? Yeah, but um, very harsh. <laughs> just just flip a coin or something for fuck's sake. But um, yeah, like I, I'm really happy for him, and not only that, he, he definitely looked fantastic after making his his debut for you you guys. Like he had, he looked fantastic anyway. But you can see that. Um, that extra bit of swagger that a 10 needs has certainly had to been kind of amplified in him or whatever. So I think he's going to go really well. Um, I think it's, it's har- I have a horrible feeling that he's <laughs> he's going to slot a penalty and, and win that last that last pool game full circle. Yeah, I think that would be that would be the ultimate the ultimate fu for uh, for never been getting a look in with Ireland Ireland's uh, senior squad. And yeah. speaking about we we mentioned John Cooney before just um. One one other name that always kind of sprung to mind with me, and I appreciate it might not be around this World Cup, but do you ever think that Madigan was kind of a bit of a, a lost talent to Irish rugby in the sense that he's he's very talented across the back line. He can play in different positions. He, he, he's got this great boot on him. I mean, he came on and ruined Edinburgh's uh, quarterfinal, one of Edinburgh's quarter or semi-finals and stuff like that. He's, uh, he's very, very, very calm, cool head. Do you think he's a, a, lost, um, a lost soul sort yeah. of? I, got, I, I never knew what kind of understood because the star kind of waned, right? Because there was that World Cup. Jesus, what was it two World Cup, three World Cup Cups ago now? I don't know. And Johnny got injured, yeah, and, and he came on, and I thought he played. He played really well. He, like, he was, there was, there was, like he didn't really put much wrong, a foot wrong, which is there's a lot to be said for that on that side of the kind of size of stage, right? And then a star kind of just waned, and I agree. Like he, because obviously as an Enster fan, I love, I love Madigan. He's he's fantastic. I loved him for a long time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. Jesus, it's a good question because I'm not sure what was the kind of breaking point because he was kind of the obvious heir apparent for a while, um, and then kind of Paddy Jackson kind of came in and around the, that that conversation as well. Um, less less said about that the better. But um, th- and then he just kind of he just went off. Uh, really, really strange. He spent his time in Bristol, um, which again he 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 was doing really well for Bristol, and then um that that young lad, that Welsh young lad, was a Ewan. Ewan Evans came in or something. Can't remember his name. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be that he seems to be the kind of bridesmaid uh, of 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 wherever he is, which is really strange because he, as you said, he was fantastic in that. Was it the URC semi final? Was a semi final, quarter final, semi final? I think it was a um, a, I think it was a semi final. It was when they had that weird kind of COVID interrupted one where everybody ended up playing derbies after the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he drained, I think he drained like two absolutely insane penals to win, didn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah, you're. It's a great, it's a great question because I'm not sure what. Now it'll come to me. Maybe he was injured or something like that, but I can't draw to mind what what kind of spun him out of the Ireland setup. But he is. He's kind of another white buffalo that got away to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I suppose it's a good problem to have to have these people that get away and then ultimately. You're still successful, so it must mean that they're doing something pretty. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And um, if, if only we had a Madigan, we'd be number zero in the world. You know. And <laughs> yeah. um, uh, centers um, for me, Ireland centers have always been Henshaw and, and Ringrose. But I know that there's an argument for Bundyaki and Henshaw and and other combinations. Is is that your combination? What who would you go with the centers for Ireland? Yeah, I think. Ring rose for sure, absolutely for sure, and and up to a certain like up to the last year, I would have definitely said ring rose and Henshaw, um. But Bundy has just been so good too. I mean, he's just made some some fantastic impacts, and I think there's a place for both. To be honest, I think ring rose can go for miles. He's an absolute Rolls Royce. Henshaw's injury profile is a bit worrying, um. So I wouldn't be overly sad or or upset to see kind of. Those two guys sharing the load to a certain extent. I, I really like Bundy coming off the bench in the last half hour, um, and just running that lads, running that tired lads because he's a unit, absolute unit. Excuse me. Um, who who starts? Yeah, I agree. I think it's still Henshaw. I think he's he's pound for pound when he's when he's when he's good. I think he's one of the best centers in the world. Uh, and he just he just. He just keeps smashing lads. He's just so he's just so aggressive, and he has a great engine. So yeah, uh, Ring Rose and Henshaw for me. Okay, and then the back three. I think we're both uh, we're both on the, the Hugo Keenan is uh, is is you know in God mode kind of yeah. Hill here. I mean, I actually thought Hugo Keenan was wrongfully snubbed by the Lions in twenty twenty one because he was shown early that he was good, 
a lot of people still overlook him for like Freddie Stewart and stuff like that. Um, and if you know, if I was to steal an Irish player, I'd steal Hugo Keenan, particularly with Stuart Hogg retiring. Um, I think he's nailed on as a starter, and I think James Lowe is probably nailed nailed, nailed on as on one of the other wings. But the other wings a bit more open. You've got Mark Hansen, who's done a good job. In fact, after the Scottish Rugby podcast that I listened to prior to the Ireland Scotland game. Uh, basically saying he was the worst player, <laughs> you know, that was on that park. He ended up, uh, you know, showing Scotland up. So, is Matt Hansen the other winger, or you got, you've also got Lamar, you've got uh, Stockdale, you know, the uh, Keith Earls are still kicking about. I think you know you've got you've got a pretty good pretty good set of wingers there. So who who would you have as the as a third winger, I guess, or the third back? It's, it's back. Mac. It's Mac all day for me. I think Mac is is almost as nailed on as Low now. Um, he because he's he's shown so much more of his game in the last year. Like he was always electric. He always had the pace, and he was always had those kind of highlight reel runs and 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 breaking lads' necks on the way by. But he's been making turnovers and everything in the last year. Like you know, especially I think it was against you guys against, I think maybe against South Africa and stuff like that. Just just absolutely insane. Like shouldn't be able to do that at your size turnovers. That's shown that he's really dug in. It's it means means a lot to him. He wants to win. He's totally bought in. I think Mac is as nailed on as as Low is on the other wing. And then I think maybe the guy who's on the bench floating would probably be maybe your Jimmy O'Brien. Um, simply because he offers so much in so many positions. I think probably you're talking Low, Mac, and Jimmy are probably the 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 main three. Um, and then you obviously have Earlsy who can, you know, he's 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 rock solid. Probably lost. Probably lost a half step, um, but he's still fantastic. Um, and I think, yeah, for, yeah, I think it's Mac, Mac and James anyway for big games for me. Um, and it seems to be the case. Like I looked, I did a small bit of research because uh, uh, yesterday, and I looked at, and the two of them have been pretty much the the. There was not that much experimentation there through the Six Nations. It was pretty much um, Mac and James Lowe throughout. And, and again, you can't really argue with the results, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to ask you this question of uh, the Scotland team. Um, uh, if you had to, if you had to take one Scotland player and, and, and Doohan, Doohan, <laughs> I still Doohan. <laughs> fair, fair play. Um, no, it's just, you need him. You need him. And uh, and simply because I can then we can then say we stole another South African as well. Um, it's it's memeable. No, no, but uh, there's a couple of players. Like I said Ben White is is a tasty player. Um, you know. Uh, I think second row, Jamie. Uh, as you said here, I'm I'm also a, a Richie Gray fan. You'll be happy to know. Um, I think he offers a lot. He's a he's a big man. He's a big unit. Um, like you know, Pierre Schumann. You can never you can't you can't you can never say no to to a player of that quality as well. But for me, I think I think Duhan just for the just for the ridiculousness of it. Um, but you have, I mean, the whole Hua Pilatu uh, combination in the middle. Like he's have some tasty players. I think he's the type of team that probably. You just need to make that one win. Just need to make those one or two wins that you're more than capable of. Um, but it seems to be much like kind of Munster for a couple of years, kind of winning and losing as a habit. I think I don't think that much needs to change. You just think you just need to get those those rubs of the green once or twice, and then you kind of get a taste of it, you know. Um, and you start you start start winning those games more than often you do as well. You said at the start that you'd be confident. I think we'd just be as confident as probably you would to be beating us as well. Um, anything can happen over in those pitches in France, right? So, but for me, I just love Duhan. I just love seeing him run. <laughs> I just love seeing him run. Um, he'd be, he'd be a nice man to see in green. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, weirdly going into the World Cup, I feel that our, I feel more confident that we could we could have a a chance to beat South Africa than Ireland. Not on the basis that I think South Africa are way weaker than Ireland, but just on the basis that. I think mentally Scotland, there's something about a Johnny Sexton-led Ireland that Scotland can't seem to get their head around. Now, whether with Hogg retiring and some new voices like taking over those, you know, his voice, maybe that changes things. But um, I just think that that's always been the sort of our bogey team is Ireland. No matter how badly Ireland play, they always find a way to beat us. Um, but Johnny Sexton's at the helm, and I, I think that's why I think that if we're going to get through the group, we're gonna it's going to take us beating South Africa, you know, to do it. <laughs> so that's yeah, a- I, I think we probably swing between 
I think I think our success has really been that maybe we don't have the incredible highs that that like you know that twenty minutes we just seen from the All Blacks, which everyone is terrified of, of seeing this weekend. But I think if you want to put it as a scale of like you know you know zero to hundred, I think we swing from you know seventy to ninety. You, you know we ne- like our, our, our we have a a pretty high floor for a performance, so we never we never totally collapse. Um, and that's hard to beat. Whereas other teams can swing from fifty to hundred. Like when they're really good, they're unbeatable. But when they're really bad, and we've just seen that with the All Blacks, they just had two pretty, pretty messy years followed up by one of the best twenty minutes of rugby we've seen in a long time. Um, but whereas Ireland don't seem to 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 collapse that far, and when they do, you have Johnny to pull them up by the bootstraps to get them up to that 85 percent where we need to be to get over the line. Um. But yeah, I can I totally understand why you would back yourself why why you think uh, the box would be you know easier is a is a weird way of putting it because that's not the case at all. But you can you can see they can be got at. Um and that's and it's probably more off their own mistakes and back than than any sort of weakness in their team. I mean and I think people probably are reading a little too much into the last weekend. Um they had a very strong like 60 minutes after that first 20. And they they dragged it back to within eight eight points, I think, at one stage. After, after like not an awful lot of people would have clawed the All Blacks back after going the the guts of twenty nil down. Uh, I think um, uh, they're a bit of a sleep. <laughs> is it is it wrong to say a sleeping giant when they when they're the world champs? Probably not. Probably doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, I uh, they're terrifying, right? I mean, and, and Scotland are too, and Tonga to a certain extent. <laughs> um, I think we're sleeping on Tonga. Everyone's everyone's lists that they made on Twitter where they picked, you know, a surprise team uh, covered up. Nobody said, nobody said in a sort of, in a sort of group collective hope. <laughs> Please, Jesus, don't let them find form. Yeah, I think, I think that's why I said Fiji was more just I didn't want to tempt fate by saying Yes. <laughs> and, although it would be, it would be very insanely sort of Scottish and, and I guess Irish to an extent with the way that World Cups kind of tend to go for Ireland if, if, uh, if it was Tonga and South Africa that got out of the group and then Scotland didn't even qualify for the next World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, Tonga are not to be overlooked. I'm actually going to that game at Nice. That's going to be fun. That's yeah, going to be so fun. It could be important just for the our World Cup in 2027, let alone the actual <laughs> tournament. So, um, yeah, so where do you who do you see winning the World Cup out of all the teams that are in it? I mean, I think France are the obvious favourite, but France have all been the obvious favourite, I think, in other World Cups and, and kind of uh, flattered to deceive. So um, who, who who do you think is going to win this World Cup and who do you think the, like, the final is going to be? Like if, if you ask me flat out, I would probably still just say the gut says France. I think this is a different France now. I mean, we're still all using the kind of memeable, oh, which France is going to turn up? But when you go and look at what their win stats have been in the last like two years, I think it's like I think they've lost like two games or something like that, or or, or something. I can't remember the, the exact thing. Really, really strong. So it doesn't seem to be that level of inconsistency. Now you can they can show up and have a bit of a rocky, bit of a rocky game. Like they weren't great against their first game in Italy. I think against Italy in the Six Nations, they were they were there and thereabouts. Italy dragging close, but um i think it is a different breed of 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 france we're seeing which is kind of terrifying but if if you force me to look out past them i i, I think if you look at the all blacks both their what they seem to be building and their side of the draw um get getting out of their pool and stuff like that i think just i'd probably say either france or all blacks okay. unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair fair, fair enough um, and um, apart from Ireland, um, and you know, we mentioned sort of surprise teams and things like that. What team are you looking the most forward to seeing, and, and why? Apart from Ireland and, or Scotland, that you know. Yeah, I mean, have 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 various uh, uh, motivations. I want to see what Eddie does to Australia. Uh, I, <laughs> I it's just. Just pure purely academic at this point. Um, I think nearly purely for the post-match interviews at this stage. Um, although I think people are sick of talking about him. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much he can get done. Um Argentina, I'm looking forward to watching. Um I, I really enjoyed their game the weekend. They really like what they do. 
Um, I think Michael Cech is going to have them pouring. Um, I'm, I'm a, I would have said Japan. I've, I've been in love with Japan for the last couple of years, but they seem to have kind of fallen off a cliff. They're, they're, since the last World Cup, they really have. So I'm hoping to see them um, hoping to see them do a bit of resurgence and kind of keep the trend going and, uh, and do England in the pools. Fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, um, oh, it's, a, it's a good question. Who are you looking forward to see? I, I think I always look forward to see Fiji uh, just because of the right. way they play rugby. Um, and, you know, it's always exciting. I know that they, there's other Pacific Island teams that are excited and we, we've talked about Tonga and how dangerous they could be. But I just think the way that Fiji seem to play rugby seems to be a bit more open and loose and fun. And yeah. I'm quite looking forward to I know they'll probably get beaten every game, but I'm quite looking forward to seeing how Chile do. Um, yeah. You know, first-time qualifiers, I quite like that. You know, I was I think it was Germany the, the, in 2019 that almost made it, and I was rooting for them. You know, I like to see you like to see the new what the new teams can yeah. do. So, yeah, I'd like to see how Chile get on. Um, I can't remember who they've got. They've got, obviously, another team in their group that they could... Could come up against and maybe get get some joy out of. So, um, yeah, if, I mean, they can pull something special together. What was it? Uruguay last did, did Fiji the last World Cup, right? Which That's was right, yeah, which was the kind of <laughs> incredible one. Like uh, that was a great game. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a great show. They're going Fiji for fun, and then hopefully Chile do 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 damage to someone other than. No, I, yeah, Chile. That's a great show. Chile, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly when they played Scotland E, um, because Scotland went on that tour of. Argentina last year and they, they played Chile with Scotland A, which I actually think was a bit of a cheat to Chile. They should, you know, they were a World Cup qualifier by then. They should just play to Scotland. But um and then they played Argentina. They for good chunks of the game, Chile and Scotland were it was a real back and forth. And it wasn't till towards the end of the game where maybe that live lack of sort of professional fitness training kind of kicked in and you saw couple of quick tries at the end of the game which just put them away but I think they could they could um you know make a good account of themselves particularly against some of the you know the teams that are maybe not quite as well um as well thought of in the tournament as well you know I can't remember who's in their group though or I would say them but it's it's, yeah. it's great for them though right I mean it's kind of what the whole thing is about we kind of talk about the winners all the time but these lads are just delighted to be there it's great to see yeah one of the things that I appreciate that it's professional rugby, so they get, you know, too many games and all this stuff. But one of the ideas I've always been talking about is whether or not we should have, if we're going to have, they're talking about expanding the World Cup to having 24 teams and stuff like that. Do you think they should have like a World Cup and then maybe like a World Plate and then a World Bowl or something like that? So that, the you know, these teams appreciate they turn up and they get the chance to play like the All Blacks and it's amazing because you're getting to play the All Blacks. But do you think these teams would benefit from maybe having something to play for and you know I suppose it's all money for them but yeah yeah no I suppose it's money for them it's players in the shop window it's there's a there, and 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 I know we're saying oh I think I'll be poached great you know but I mean I mean that's how you gain experience and bring it back to a national squad right I mean I think it was AP in your last pod said that like I mean everyone's talking about Colby and how they need to get Colby back into South Africa but the Colby that went and played rugby in different countries wasn't wasn't the Colby that came back and, and won the World Cup, right? So uh, it's it it would it would be mutually beneficial to get more players in the shop window, get them out into the more professional setups, play with these big names, bring that IP back into the country again, and and it's a kind of self fulfilling prophecy then, right? You, you, the quality increases, the expectation increases. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And not only that, I, you want they're, they're great games, right? I mean, really. A good game of rugby isn't always necessarily the most incredibly well skilled. That's not to say these guys aren't, but a tight game of rugby is always infinitely better to watch, and and comparably rated teams is going to be a great product, regardless of if if it's Chile playing Uruguay or, or you know all these sort of teams, um, and they're great games. It's a great product. Everyone loves watching them. It's not like you're watching them and, and saying ah bless you know they're it's it's good exciting high quality rugby. It's it's guys in the shop window. It's it's money in the RU coffers. It's win-win. It's a great idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and you mentioned that I famously um, played one game at 10 in my career um, <laughs> for Forrester's second 15. Um, and that finished, I think it was 36-34 was the, was the final score. Uh, nice. We the conversion to, to, tie, to make it a draw. And it was, it, it was like, I, I guess I was playing in it, so I don't really know, but 
from what people that were watching it said that it's like that was quite exciting because you didn't know how that was going to end. Yeah, like I mean, that, I mean, ultimately that's the key. The drama is what people watch for. Like you know, like my dad, he wouldn't be the biggest rugby fan, but like he literally can't watch when the All Blacks do forty on someone. He just turns it off. Like I mean, it's 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 great, and he knows that they're incredible. But people don't want to see it. Right? That's not what you. That's not what you're going to crack the can of beer open for on a Friday night and and sit down and enjoy. Um, so getting comparably skilled teams. Um, into a uh, into a competition would be yeah, that's really nice. I like to sell that. And even the Sands are under twenties. I think so. I can't remember who who tweeted. It might be in Tala for rugby bits or something. But uh, that he should have probably opened it up a bit wider and got some of the more other developing teams in. It would have been a really good thing to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that you've got like a hard out in a couple of minutes. So uh... yeah, yeah. The, 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 um... I'm back that's on why we, that's why we moved this recording forward half an hour, and I'm glad we did because we would have you'd have been hard, you'd already been out. Um, but um, thanks so much for your your time. Um, maybe have you on again? Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, and uh, maybe after Scotland have knocked Ireland out of the World Cup, we'll we'll have a chat. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's rather punchy. Um, but um, thanks so much for your time this morning and and taking the time to do this. It's been great to chat to you. Um. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to, and then you can kind of bully them into listening to it? Um, no, no one, no one from Twitter in, specific, in particular. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, I mean, th- thanks very much for having me. The only reason I'm here is because we got chatting online. It's been a pleasure, um, yeah. real honour to be to be invited on. And and sorry, I missed the the the, the pod with AP. He sounds like a gentleman. Um, so hopefully again we catch up some other time. Yeah, and well. It's worked out quite well because I think we'd have probably had about a four-hour pod if the two. <laughs> so it's worked out pretty well. Um, and as I say, it's it's good a Twitter story, people talking on Twitter and not actually engaging in vitriol. It's a it's a win-win. Um, it is a win-win. So thanks so much, and then I hope you enjoy the World Cup. Um, just not as much as I do. That's, that's- <laughs> fair enough. Listen, thanks very much, man. Take it easy. Cheers. Thank you.